Well, good afternoon, everybody. Tony here with beautiful Bree, and it is finally warming up in the OC. That oh, actually I love it. Rhyme. Summertime. <laughs> Are we going to the fair this year? No, probably not. Maybe just in the daytime. Yeah, it was pretty sketch last year. Sketch. <laughs> on a Friday night, okay? <laughs> so that's a great question. Putting you on the spot, what should moms do this summer with the fair and the beach and all the skin everywhere? I'd say be strategic. Like if you go to the fair, go on a weekday morning when the littles go or the beach, find a family beach and stay away from the piers where college kids are. So I, yeah, I had be to break strategic. up a fight last year at the fair. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. Proverbs 14, the naive. The sketch. It was sketch. <laughs> well, today is going to be kind of a gut punch pod. We're looping in a little John MacArthur and everybody knows J-Mac pulls no punches. Today's clip is no different. Um, if anyone's wondering, by the way, why we're doing this summer in the sermon series, it's so we would have an extra couple of weeks to prep season two, which will start in mid-August uh, with a series of new topics and new guests. So we're kind of in the lab right now on all of that. So today's clip is the John the MacArthur, and John I am MacArthur. so thankful for God's impact through Pastor John. As am I. So summer in the sermons, round four. Are you ready, my love? Yes. Ethan, you're ready? Let's get it going. All right, well, this clip requires a bit more setup than our previous ones, just because it's a truth that we don't hear much anymore, and it may surprise a few people. Why and, don't we hear it anymore? Well, I think because pulpits are soft. You know, there's been so much love, 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 <laughs> sentimentality stuff the past 30 years and psychological mm-hmm. stuff. Many people have never really read and studied and heard a lot of the tough truths of the Bible. Got it. So most people have heard about the Sermon on the Mount. But it is important to understand the backdrop, okay? This massive group of Jewish men and women and Pharisees are thronging to a hillside overlooking the Sea of Galilee. And when and if we get to go back to Israel and take people from the church, you know, we'll go stand there. They've all been operating under this external tradition of Jewish law, which tells them how high to jump, how far to run. And if they do every little jot and tittle of this thing, then they're air quote, God's special people. (laughs) But the whole thing's a sham. It's an invention, just a bunch of religiosity invented by the Pharisees. And it's all external. That's the key here. External. So Jesus comes along, this carpenter from Nazareth. He takes the hillside and speaks with authority like they've never heard. And he says, God's not looking at the outside. He's looking at the inside. Amen. And that's the backdrop of this clip from J-Mac. So let's go ahead and go back a few years. This is the iconic MacArthur way back in the late 70s, early 80s, full of energy, lots of passion. In fact, some of you will not even recognize him at this point, but picture 3,000 people, Bibles in their lap, hearing God's word proclaimed with unapologetic boldness. How does all of this new information, how do these Beatitudes relate to the Old Testament? How do they relate to the Judaism extant at that time? How do they relate to what these Jews knew as their system of religion? Jesus said, it isn't God's law I'm setting aside. You've lost God's law in the midst of your tradition, and I'm about to set God's law back in its primary place. And that is precisely what he does in chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7. Now let's see how he goes about it in chapter 5. Look at verse 21 and watch this common occurrence. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. 
But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother shall be in danger of judgment. Stop right there. Jesus says, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. Now look at verse 27. You have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Again, he says, you have heard it said, but I say unto you. Look at verse 31. It hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife except for the cause of fornication causes her to commit adultery. Same formula. You've heard it said, but I say. Verse 33. Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old, thou shalt not perjure thyself, but shall perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all. Verse 38, ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, ye shall resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And finally in verse 43, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Now listen. Six specific illustrations. I want you to get this. We will deal with these separately, and you're going to find them absolutely fascinating as we get into them. But for just an overview, let me tell you this. This series is so critical that it demands a careful look, and we're going to spend our time diligently, carefully, precisely examining every one of these practical, confronting, life-changing principles that our Lord gives. They are really important. They deal with murder. They deal with lust. They deal with divorce. They deal with what you say. They deal with speaking the truth. They deal with retaliation. They deal with loving your enemies. They are really practical. But you must know this to begin with. They all follow a similar pattern. Jesus is saying, your religion teaches you this, but I say unto you. And what He's doing is this. He's not comparing Himself with the Old Testament. He's not raising the standard higher than the law of God. He's not talking about what Moses said. He's not talking about what the Old Testament said. He's not talking about what God said. He's talking about what their religious system taught them. And he's saying, your standard is too low. You only worry about murder. God looks at the heart and says, if there's hate there, it's the same thing. You only murder or worry about fornication. God says if there's lust in the heart, it's the same thing. 
You see, God's standard is an attitudinal standard. Yours is only dealing with action. That's the difference. Jesus said it is not only in God's eyes the man who commits murder who is guilty, but the man who is angry is just as guilty and just as liable to be judged. Jesus said that in God's eyes it is not only the man who commits the act of adultery who is guilty, but the one who allows the unclean desire to find root in his heart. Jesus said in God's eyes it is not only the one who perjures himself, but anyone whose word is not his absolute bond. Jesus said that in God's sight it is not only wrong to divorce without a bill of divorcement, but it is wrong to divorce without a just cause. Jesus said that in God's sight not only is there to be justice, but there is to be mercy. Jesus said that we are not only to love our neighbors, but God says we are to love our enemies. And what He's doing is lifting the law, stripping it of the traditional barnacles of rabbinic confusion, elevating it to where it belongs, and saying you cannot get away with justification on the basis of externals because you didn't murder, or because you didn't commit adultery, or because you didn't divorce, or because you didn't perjure yourself, or because you did what was just, or because you loved your neighbor. That is not enough. Those are only the externals. The internals are what God is looking after. Wow. Okay. Now, if anyone listening has not listened back to old J-Mac, do it. Jump online and search MacArthur's Sermon on the Mount. And this stuff from the 70s and the 80s will pop up. And listen, I'm telling you, it'll change you. I remember the very first time I went back and heard these. It was a few years ago. And I'd go out to the garage and I would start doing my little workout. Um, and I had my earbuds in. And I was just, it, it was it was carving down to the very center of my soul it was um, la- last line. The internals is what God's looking yes, after. Yes, the internals is what God's looking after. Ugh. And that series of emphases there, you know, what's in the heart, divorce without a cause, and love of your enemies. An evocative reminder of what it must have been like to hear Jesus Absolutely. Preach. So what are your takeaways, big takeaways from that clip? I've only got one big one, mm-hmm. and that's the danger of l- religiosity. Yeah, yeah, religiosity. How easy it is for all of us to invent forms of external religion. My mind immediately goes to those raised in church, especially mm-hmm. in more conservative parts of the world, and who naturally consider themselves, in quote, Christian because of how they live, like all the dinner prayers or youth group or even a missionary trip or living a relatively clean external life, the type of person anyone watching would say is quite moral, but on the inside, they're full of secrets and lies and lusts and fantasies and thefts and murders, and they've never been brought before the cross and cried out for mercy, taking Christ's offer of forgiveness and lordship over their life. And I guess hearing this makes me want to just beg them Mm. against any and all forms of pride and self-righteousness. Well said, my love. Well, what about you? You touched on it there a little bit. Christ raised the standard to perfection. And I think we often forget that, but that's the heart of his great sermon from Matthew 5, 48. Be ye perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he was driving out any sense of self there, any sense of self-ability, self-reliance, self-esteem, self-determination. And he's forcing everyone listening to throw their hands up and acknowledge their need. You know, I'm the sinner and I need a savior. So how does the sermon inform us once we have repented and received? Right. Well, I think it starts like we're talking about as the entrance qualification. You got to throw your hands up and say, I'm, I'm the sinner. And then immediately, 
ultimately it becomes the standard representation uh, of the the believer, of the new Christian, right? So it's like, here's the bar. You're never going to meet it without Christ. But then in Christ, it becomes a beautiful guidepost, the roadmap and the manifesto for how a kingdom citizen should live. Mm. Um, And later Paul calls that the law of Christ or the royal law of love and James the law of liberty. The whole idea is that Christ turns us from externals to internals and we love from the heart and we fulfill the law in doing so. Amen. It's such a conviction and encouragement. It is. So one last time, you know, if you're listening today and this is the first kind of sneak peek you've ever had of a John MacArthur clip from the late 70s and early 80s, go all the way back 45, 50 years now and hit play put some earbuds in because there'll be a whole bunch of yelling. And if you're at the gym, everyone will start looking, but man, it'll fire you up. It'll transform your heart. I guarantee that it'll bless you and it will transform you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we have been reminded about the law and grace and how your law showcases our inability and it drives us to our knees, but then grace picks us up and ushers us forward to live the life in Christ we never could have lived on our own. So help us all to be kingdom citizens, joyful, selfless, prayerful, and rejoicing. We ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Date night fam, we are so thankful for you. Have a blessed week in the Lord and we will chat again in a week. We are grateful to Big E, our producer, all our friends at Mission Bible. And until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.